Oh, what's cracking, lovely people? Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. This is a bonus episode, something I've snuck in, and if you're picking it up, you could be a loyal listener, someone who subscribes, listens to each episode every week. Thank you so much if you are. I really hope you enjoy this one. Basically, I delivered a quick seminar around endurance nutrition for a fantastic running club up in Kintore in Aberdeenshire in Scotland. So what you hear is me presenting for a little while. I had some slides up on the screen, so um, obviously you're not you're going to miss out on some of the visual stuff. But I hope some of the points come across. You'll hear a bit of a and a with the audience, basically everyday athletes, people that work for a living, but love to get outdoors. If it's ultra endurance running or cycling, if it's Ironman triathlons, or if it's just basically being part of a running club and wanting to use nutrition to perform better, to feel better, to find a bit of an edge, to get healthier. So let's get into things. Thank you for listening. Uh, Share the show if you think it's useful and I'll speak to you soon. So to just give you a bit of an introduction, basically I'm a sports nutritionist by trade. Um, my name's Matt Gardner and I, I basically started in uh, professional rugby and endurance sport. Um, I was lucky to work and do some stuff with uh, the clothing brand North Face. I had some really good fun with them, some of their athletes um, and some of the London-based running community that's now kind of span over Europe. I did that for uh, three or four years and it was just yeah that was my uh that was my transition from working in rugby and and that fitter faster stronger side of things into uh more of the outdoor stuff i got into a little bit of running as you can see there well that's just me walking because i was absolutely knackered um and yeah the the kind of ultra endurance side of things but i work predominantly um in in the endurance side of things with uh the type of people i call the nine to five athletes so People that basically work for a living and just love their training, their sport, their running, their cycling, their competitions, um, things like that. So so I've been doing that for a number of years. And then the other side of things, uh, basically, I, I work a bit in private healthcare. Um, everything's online now with that digital. Um, that's the other part of my work. Happy to answer questions there. And I work with basically pre-diabetics um, and, and people in the health and fitness industry through through an app. So it's, it's kind of more of health coaching and stuff like that. Um, but that's a bit of my background. I've been doing it for about 10 years. Um, and yeah, it's great doing these kind of things online now, obviously being able to reach people and hopefully get some useful messages across, some practical application, translating research into practice. Um, and yeah, it's brilliant to, to be with you all today. So... The purpose of today's short presentation, I'll try and keep on time so then we can get to questions and I can hopefully provide value, make it a bit more specific. Um, I'm going to try and discuss something called periodized endurance nutrition. I'm going to touch on traditional fueling methods. I'm going to touch on unconventional fueling methods and then I'm going to finish with a couple of endurance supplements. Um, So hopefully you get something out of today. There may be things that resonate with you a bit more on certain slides. There may be other things that you're not that interested in or um, you haven't come across and, and you might want to do some further reading afterwards. So um, if I mention anything else that, that's not on the slides today, any resources, any research, anything around the practical stuff, food, portables, things like that, 
Um, I, I can email over to Tammy. We're in contact. So if, if there's anything you don't quite get after today, we'll make sure we round it off. Um, I'm basically going to jump into an introduction around uh, what I find is so important in, in endurance nutrition. And it's just the understanding around uh, fueling and, and where where energy goes and and energy tanks so i'm going to spend a few minutes on that we're going to work into carbohydrates a little bit because i think that's a really really interesting area um, and i'm sure i might get some questions on that too and then we'll open things up and make it a bit more practical around race nutrition and, and a few of the other little bits the bits that might have small variable benefits to help you feel better recover perform etc so this slide's a little bit busy, but I just want to hone in basically on, on these, these three different uh, fuels, fuel sources, fuel tanks. Uh, the, way, the way I kind of like to break it down is basically if we look at the liver here, uh, the numbers don't get too caught up on them. But basically, just imagine that the liver is a tank and it stores fructose as glycogen. So fructose is fruit sugar. Fructose uh, would be in your fruit juices, your whole fruits. The liver will also store sugar from alcohol. So see it as a bit of a tank. Okay, it's an energy energy reserve. Your your muscles slightly more storage. Again, depending on gender, the amount of muscle someone has. I've got three to five hundred grams on the slide there. That's just uh, you know a kind of rough number, and 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 you store glucose is glycogen in your muscles so vegetables that grow below the ground above the ground your you know your sugary foods your your sweets your bread pasta potatoes basically anything with glucose written on a packet you'll you'll store and you'll keep in in this tank okay so so there are two there that will contribute to your 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 basically your your energy storage the capacity there that you can use when you're exercising you use to live you use for cognitive function and then the fat stores here so i've just given myself an example i'm probably not you know not that lean and not that weight anymore but when when i've used you know the these numbers in the past if i'm 85 kilos and 11 percent body fat that's 9.35 kilos of fat so the takeaway message here is there's a huge amount of potential energy in your fat stores. Even the most leanest individuals, the high level endurance athletes, they're still going to have a significant amount of, of fat stored to be used for potential energy. OK, so I think this is a really important launch pad to begin with. And just to be aware of, because then you can start to put things into place. Consider what you're doing around your meals, your snacks, your your pre-running uh, and training meals, during your running and, and post and things like that as well. And it's important to know where foods go, where they end up. So basically, you know, bringing that into a, a training kind of uh, context if if we see here basically we're always going to use a mixture of these tanks okay the liver the muscles the fat but what you can see is that depending on intensity the distribution can change okay unless we've got each of you in a lab doing something called a fat max test we're never going to know exactly but what we can consider 
is that as the duration increases in your running, your training, you're going to potentially use more fat for fuel. And as intensity increases, you're going to use more carbohydrates. Okay, so that's again, it's just something to consider. So in your own training, while I'm talking now, think about how intense something is. So that can be measured on. Can you have a conversation? Um, if you can, you know, you might be more in that aerobic zone where you could be using a combination of all three fat carbohydrates from muscle, liver, um, you know, where whereas uh, if you're doing something high intensity, sprinting up a hill, any of these mad online training classes that people do, you're sweating, your heart rate's high, you, you can't concentrate on anything but the movement then you're probably predominantly burning and using more carbohydrates from the muscles and the liver. So that's a couple of things to basically just uh, frame, to keep in mind, training intensity and duration, and then where we're storing, where we're storing our food and, and how it can be used depending on the type of training. So look, if we if we move into actual foods, things that we eat, that we put on the plate for practical recommendations, if we come out of, of the body, we're remembering the liver, the muscles, the fat stores. If we dive into carbohydrates, I really like to dissect them into a few different types here. And then this is how you can get your head around basically what to put on the plate depending on the day. So look, if I got you all to put your hands up to tell me, oh vegetables good for you healthy etc of course you would say yes but in this context i've made them red and i've called them low energy because the caloric value of vegetables um, especially ones that grow above the ground they are low so so on a day um, and we'll get into this when you're maybe not training as intensely you're not doing as much duration you may think about filling your plate more with the reds, okay? You're going to get all of the health benefits, the fibre, the bioactive food components, all of those things that have been touted. But the overall calorie amount and the overall carbohydrate content isn't going to be as high as, as if you consume some of the starch-based carbohydrates. So I've put those in green. The vegetables that grow below the ground, bread, oats, pasta, etc., um, so consider on some of those days where you're training for longer, you're training at higher intensities, you may want to put more of those in to fuel your muscles, your liver, to then help support training, performance, all of those sides of things. The, the final one is just a, a term I've made up, basically starch proteins. So the beans, peas, chickpeas, lentils, they have some carbohydrates in that will contribute to energy. Um, and then they have some protein in. So it was just something I grouped in there. The thing to consider here is, you know, they do have, uh, they contain fiber um, and, and that be, might be something to think about, especially if you're putting those in a pre-workout meal for energy, just see if, if it sits well with you. You know, generally I'd recommend that something in terms of maybe a post-workout meal or a meal that you're having you know, X amount of hours before your training so that you can really clear the gut with that, those kinds of foods. But people, you know, they process foods in different ways. Um, and especially these days when I'm speaking to a lot of people that are moderating their, their, their meat intake, that are p potentially eating more plant-based, that wider conversation around, around protein intake, you know, you may want to consider 
carbohydrates and protein from from these sources so if you keep in your mind greens the starch based carbohydrates high energy and then reds you know those vegetables that grow above the ground they're giving you the vitamins and minerals the fiber etc slightly lower energy um, but i think people just throw that blanket term of carbohydrates and you know i'm going to get on to high and low and it's 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 never a conversation with any nuances it's something that you can dig into these things and you can start to pull some of some of these um you know groups groups of foods apart within a macronutrient like carbohydrate um moving on to fats i know this is quite quick um but you know hopefully i'm here to take questions and i'm sure i can go back into slides when we do that but we're still in this kind of introduction phase and i thought it would be important to touch on fat and protein as well to to get to put a bit of meat on the bones the three different types of fats here we know that fat provides a substantial amount of energy you know it's it's nine calories per gram so that can be important potentially for days where you are burning more calories and you're trying to meet energy needs we know from a from a kind of food standpoint that fat brings flavor so that's something to to consider if you're thinking about those starch-based carbohydrates moderate moderating those on some days and how can you keep your meals you know tasty how can you consider texture and then again this is just a nice visual example of the different types of fats okay um, so saturated is always touted in the news, you know, there's kind of uh, a lot of decision fatigue often with people I speak to about how much and when. Um, if you if you want to have a conversation about that later, maybe in the, in, in the Q&A we can, but I know you're here more for the fitter, faster, stronger fueling side. Um, so I just wanted to show you how much of a variety is in here. Uh, but generally, if, we, if we're putting a broad brush stroke over things, you know, for, for, for health, um, for for supporting you know reduction in these non-communicable diseases as as we age it's generally recommended that following you know eating an unsaturated kind of pattern of of, of fats from foods like like these ones generally over time is seen as quite you know healthful habit people have food preferences all those kind of things um so that's just something to consider but obviously for us from an energy standpoint fats can be quite important especially if we're starting to really ramp up intensity and duration of training protein here um, i've put some of the numbers next to uh, some of the protein sources look they're never going to be exact but they give you a bit of a ballpark figure um, and again there's uh, broken down to animal protein sources plant-based protein sources again people will have preferences um, people will combine you know certain certain foods as well to, to up the amount of protein in a meal um, but what do we know in terms of protein as a macronutrient it's the most satiating so it helps you feel fuller for longer um, and we know it takes longer to, to basically empty the gut when you when you eat protein rich foods that's called gastric emptying so considering around your training um, if you if you if you're thinking about protein, it's it's considering, you know, the type of food and the total amount you're having and how well it sits with you, because we know it supports recovery. But, you know, are you going to be able to clear these protein sources from your gut to then help you run um, and train, etc.? Um, and what are you going to put in after you train um, and, and you run to, to obviously support recovery? Great. So a bit of a whirlwind through energy tanks, macronutrients, all top level stuff, um, top line. So these are starting to get into a few recommendations. Again, they're broad brush strokes, but generally 
if you're training one to three times a week, if you're listening to this running, you know, maybe a little class um, or something online in lockdown as well. And when you get back to some of the things you do with the run club, you could consider taking your weights in kilos, timesing it by one to 1.2 grams per kilo of body weight a day. So if I'm 87 kilos, I'm eating a gram per kilo, that will be roughly 87 grams. So that's why I've shown you a few of the numbers here. But generally, as you can see, um, uh, 100 grams of, of most meats are going to give you 20 to 30, same as fish, uh, a couple of eggs, roughly, you know, 12, 13 grams, things like that. Um, we know, obviously, uh, packaged foods and things will tell you the amounts. We know people can track these things through apps and stuff like that as well. So it just basically takes a little bit of work considering your body weight and your training level. Um, it goes up depending on how, how often you're training, you're involved in endurance sport. Again, it's, it's, it's a broad range, something to consider, 1.4 to 1.8. Um, and then this 0.4 per kilo is quite an interesting one because usually people ask me, how much should I eat after my exercise? What should I put in my meal? So you can use your weight. You can times that by 0.4 and you can start to personalize that. Um, and my take home message for the protein sources are, you know, pulse feed through the day if you can and, and just try to reach the total that, that, that works for you off some of the numbers that, that I've discussed. Uh, fats, we've already discussed that unsaturated fat in general for the health side of things fat brings flavor it's it's very calorie dense it's something to potentially consider when you're on some of those days where where you're eating maybe less starch-based carbohydrates so you can gain some energy through there and then this sense around periodizing intake of carbohydrates depending on the activity level so in the research that's called fuel for the work required okay more greens on heavier or harder training days and on lighter and easy or rest days replace some of the greens with reds you know consider the, the the fat intake from foods and the protein intake generally tends to stay consistent um day to day so that's that's something to be aware of so yeah we've 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 discussed tanks within the body where we can get these energy stores um, you know how how we can tote them, how we can put more in, and then we've talked a little bit about uh, macronutrients from the food standpoints. What are they? Some sources, and then here here are some of the snippets of information from some of the research done uh, around amount um, and things like that. So look, if we kind of delve in, kind of halfway through, maybe another five ten minutes left, um, and, and we start to consider practical recommendations. So hopefully after today you'll consider it's not about high carb it's not about low carb it's about carbohydrate availability so that's another term for fuel for the work required depending on what you're doing tailoring the amount of carbohydrates on the day okay so the level of muscle glycogen so that store in the muscle it plays a key role in adaptation to training and acting like a training regulator, okay? So if you engage in training with low carb availability, it can basically activate some of these molecular pathways that promote muscle adaptation, that promote endurance adaptation. There are these things called mitochondria in our muscles, the powerhouse of the cells. And there's some interesting research when people are going into training sessions, um, you know, either in a high carbohydrate state or a low carbohydrate state. 
so these are things for you to consider um, and there's you know there's there's more to be done but this fuel for the work required is is, is definitely a really practical useful thing to start to get your head around um, and I want to highlight look there's there's a difference between training day nutrition and race day nutrition so we still know that carbohydrates are king filling up those energy stores on a race day when you're competing when you want to perform at your best is still a good thing to do but training you know through the year depending on what you're doing if you're off season preparation pre-competition um or if you're trying to manage your weight for example you're you're considering the amount of carbohydrates you're eating the types of foods you're eating you know that may fluctuate day to day um so so yeah it's getting away from that myopic view of high carb or low carb we're not in either camp we're in this kind of carbohydrate availability camp okay um, and i've popped this down to basically say look a lot of the research in endurance nutrition um some of the some of the athlete based research some of the numbers and things that i've pulled today um it's in participants that train roughly 10 hours a week um obviously i haven't i haven't met any of you apart from tammy and i'm not sure about your training levels but there's people I've come across in, in these kinds of presentations and, and obviously people I've worked with in the past who, who might do double or triple that. So, you know, we really don't know. We really don't have the evidence based when people are pushing, you know, foot on the accelerator, doing huge amounts of training each week. So that's just something to consider. Great. Hope you hope you're all still with me. Um, tr look, traditional fueling. So if we've come out of that. Uh, energy tank side of things, a bit of the science there, a bit of background. We've talked a bit about macronutrients and hopefully there's some foods and you've had a few thoughts around around different foods and different amounts for you. This is looking at, you know, if, you, if you're going to want to fuel up for a certain training run with the club um, or or you might have a competition, you know, hopefully as as we uh, start to get back to, to, you know, normal life, whatever that is. We know that carbohydrates are effective for that 60 to 90 minutes of intense exercise. Look, we also know that they're quite effective for 60 minutes or less because they 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 you know they stimulate the nervous system, which which can also help improve performance. Um, and you know this is this is a bit a bit more new research, but more and more people are finding out about it and practicing. Um, I don't suggest you do it indoors if you're doing it if you're you're cycling or if you're running on a treadmill indoors, but basically rinsing out your mouth uh, five to 10 minutes before exercise and actually during will potentially elicit a performance boost. So, you know, we have we have receptors that, that will trigger our brain from our from our mouths and holding a sports drink or something carbohydrate rich in there and spitting. You don't even have to ingest it has been shown to improve performance. So if you're someone doing 60 minutes or less you're running, you might be doing an interval session, a sprint session, you want a bit of an edge, you don't want to consume any extra calories. That's something to consider. Um, but yeah, I, I'd suggest probably not going around spitting it inside um, unless you've got a bucket. That's, you know, that's, that's probably going to get get a little dodgy. Um, and I had a good question from someone. I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll, I'll get their name in a second about, um, you know, how, how weight will affect us being able to absorb carbohydrates and fuel into these tanks um, and 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 what we basically know is that the gut will tend to absorb about a gram a minute okay so getting into things from from glucose so if you're taking like a single sugar uh, substance or something you might be taking an energy drink or a powder but we know that 
As I mentioned, you have the liver too as a fuel store. So if you're consuming a combination of fructose and glucose, so if you're using a, a homemade sports drink like fruit juice, water, pinch of salt, bit of sugar, you're going to get a bit more out of that because you're going to be able to, to fuel both tanks, muscles and the liver. So you'll be able to get more energy in per minute. Um, so, so obviously, if you're training for a, or, or running for a few hours and you're considering how much carbohydrate to take on, yes, it's on an individual basis, but people might consider 30 grams, 40 grams, etc. It goes, it goes higher, it goes higher. Um, but it all comes down to training your gut. What sits well, that athlete's gut, as it's called, basically practicing these things. Do liquids sit well? Do semi-solids sit well? So semi-solids are just things like, uh, you know, homemade rice cakes or things that have a bit of moisture in them that, that, you're, that you're making yourself. Solids might be some of these bars, um, some, some of these flapjacks and products that you buy that have less moisture in. See what sits well with you, practice. And um, look, I've been around a lot of people who have gone from barely being able to drink uh, during exercise to being able to eat on the run so you just have to tease this out and just start to build as as what i would call the athlete gut um, look the other side of things low carbohydrate the unconventional fueling it, it could be something for you to consider you know high carb fueling does not work for everyone even though it's evidence-based for performance um, you know, health is, is an important consideration. I had a question, uh, I think, from, an, from another lady. I'll, I'll find the name after this. But look, we do know diets high in refined sugars, processed carbs. If you're always trying to meet some of those numbers that I mentioned previously, it, you know, it could lead to ill health. It could lead to overconsumption in calories. So it's something to consider. It could lead to gastrointestinal problems if you're taking some of these, you know, mainstream products and things, too, from, from some of these brands. Um, and, and there is some interesting research on recreational athletes eating uh, lower carbohydrates, you know, lower starch, maybe vegetables, a bit more protein, a bit more fat, that kind of ketogenic diet type eating pattern and still being able to maintain work, work outputs at high intensities. So we do have some evidence base for that. Um, but I think I'll, I'll, I'll always harp on about consider training days versus race days. Race days, carbohydrates are still king. But training days, how how can you? Um, sorry, I don't know why that's come up. I'll move that. You know how how can you adapt? How can you adapt your your carbohydrate intake? Move you back up there. Right, great. So rounding things off, quick fire endurance supplements. I think a few bang for the buck that are really interesting. Caffeine. So from coffee or products that have that have caffeine in them, chewing gums, uh, powders, bars, caffeines and a lot of things now. What we know is that your genes matter. So of course, not everyone has access to basically doing a genetic test to find out if you have a genetic SNP that can uh, help you metabolize caffeine quickly. But I'm sure you, you have an understanding if you're someone that can drink coffee or take caffeinated products and, and feel basically normal. You know, if you're someone who sweats a lot, gets a little bit anxious, potential heart palpitations, you may be someone without that gene that doesn't metabolize it too well. 
So you may need to avoid it entirely or you may need to use little bits, okay? But what we know is that caffeine will impact muscle tissue in the nervous system. It supports endurance. It reduces perceived exertion and fatigue. So it's a really interesting product. Um, it's something to consider for your longer, harder training sessions. It's something to consider for your racing. Um, nitrates are a really interesting one. That, that little bottle that you see on the slides there, the commercial product around a very high concentrated uh, beetroot shot. It, it tastes absolutely gopping, but it's something that's very convenient. And we know that these, these nitrates that are present in beetroot, leafy greens, um, then the nitrates get converted to nitric oxide and it's a potential vasodilator. So helping with blood flow. So from a practical point of view, if you're including leafy greens, if you're including beetroot in your diet and you're someone that wants to promote blood flow, support oxygen going around the body that will support energy production, that's, you know, that's a brilliant thing. Spinach, beetroot gives you some milligrams there. And then obviously these convenient products will will give you a bit more if, if you're if you're leaning towards a bit of a, a race day and, and you're thinking a few days before loading up. The final one is vitamin D. So. The important thing to consider here is that in, in the athlete side of research, what, what has been seen that uh, pe people who have low vitamin D or are deficient are showing signs of, of impaired muscle function, regeneration, so recovery and, in, and an impaired immune function. But we just have to be careful because um, in, in an athlete setting, the, the levels of what's deficient or what's normal are, are slightly different. They're slightly higher than general pop. So the, the best thing to consider is speak to the GP, test and don't guess. For example, in an athlete side of things, um, you, you might test your vitamin D um, and they'll say, you know, you need to be f uh, 50 to 75, um, you know, roughly round there or more. You know, that's seen as like adequate or sometimes even maybe a little bit low. Whereas, um, you know, generally in, in like the health setting in, in the UK, anything 30 or under is low. So there's going to be a disparity there. Um, this time of year, it's always worth considering. I know um, I'm not saying go out and do that now because obviously we're all trying to stay at home and look after ourselves. But it's potentially something to consider supplementation wise. There's products out there. We know we only gain the sun from roughly, I think, May to August in the UK. Um, I'm, I know it does get sunny in Scotland. I was born there, so I know someone might come back and say that it's not. But uh, vitamin D is, is a really, really interesting one. Um, and, and there's obviously maintenance doses and things that you can take. I'm happy to, to give my experience and, and little bits in there. But generally, you know, testing and not guessing so you can personalise your dose is something to do. Look, thanks for listening. It's, 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 it's quite short and sharp, but I wanted to do that so we can open up the floor to Q&A so I can personalise, you know, some of today. Um, and look, I, lo I love this picture. This is this is one I used to work with the North Face with two like fantastic alpinists. I think Simone Moro here. He he's been climbing mountains around the world for longer than I've been alive. And and this picture is basically just us at the supermarket. You know, after these kind of presentations, all of the technical information that we might cover together. You know, they they at the time were I think going out on an expedition to. Pakistan or something like that and you know we still had to obviously do the boots on the ground stuff organize a shop make some meals make sure they had what they needed in the house they pack stuff for travel so I think that's absolutely brilliant a lot of that can be lost with all of this squabbling around 
you know, small little bits of research and what someone's seen on Instagram and what someone's following on some blog and, you know, the supermarket and getting food and having food in the house. It's, it's goes without saying it's, it is the most important thing. Cool. So really looking forward to opening things up and answering some questions. I know I've got a question around hydration that I haven't answered that I can pull up. Um, stay in touch with me if you like. I run a podcast. It's called Big Feed Up HQ. Um, loads of different conversations on there. Some about nutrition, some about outdoor experiences and, and exercise. Um, websites on there and from the professional side, is it's usually LinkedIn as most people do. And then um, the Instagram is, is, is a bit of fun, basically stuff that I do outside of, ex- um, outside of work. Um, so just like filming my dinners and um, walking and just stuff that, that isn't necessarily going to be kind of prescriptive around nutrition. Um, so, yeah, I will. Um, what, I'll, what I'll do is. Uh, how do I stop sharing? Brilliant, 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 brilliant. I had a question that I haven't that I haven't answered um, that I'll just go through now um, around. This is from Eric Simpson. So how how valuable or not electrolyte tablets, drinks for runners to offset dehydration and loss of natural electrolytes in the body? Um, I didn't cover hydration, but basically I think the, the, the thing to consider with with sweating and. Um, all that kind of stuff is is going to be around. Look, do you taste salt when when you're running? Do you have any kind of remnants on your clothes? Um, how long are you running for? Um, and and these are things to consider if you are going to add electrolytes and tablets and things like that to your water bottles. You know, mo- most people, if you are buying some of these products now, they have some carbohydrates in them. They will have adequate electrolytes in them. Um, if if you feel like you're a salty sweater, you could add a pinch of salt to a homemade sports drink or something else that you're putting in. Um, it's something to consider. But I think obviously taking taking on adequate water um, and just starting to kind of DIY your sweat rate is is quite interesting. It's quite a, th- a, a good thing to practice. So going out if you're running for an hour, you know, weigh yourself before, weigh yourself after, and just see how much you've lost in sweat that's something to to give a go um and you know say if i go out for a run 87 kilos before the run come back after you know i'm something like uh 86.6 or something and, and i've lost 400 you know then then one you know one gram to one milliliter so that's obviously not going to be exact but they're things that you can start to think about consider your sweat rate and then consider if you are a salty sweater great um do you do you have them, um, Tammy? Do you have any anything you want to go off now? Is is there anything that you wanna you wanna bring up, or or we can maybe open to the floor? I'm just trying to figure out what the best way to do is from now. I don't know. Maybe if people just want to unmute themselves if they have a question. I know Alan's got a question actually. Could we pick it up? Cool. Okay. My question was about fasted runs and whether you see any benefit from doing fasted runs and being able to adapt um how you use your energy stores yeah great great question 
So it comes down to that, you know, that ability to enter a, a training session in a low carbohydrate state. And fasting is obviously um, it's quite an interesting way to do that. So if you're say you're having dinner earlier, you're going to bed, you're waking up, for example, you've, you've fasted for quite a significant time. But most of that's been through the night you're getting up and if you're keeping that uh the 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 running the kind of intensity of your session at conversation base that basically works for you um it's exactly what i was saying around you may see some adaptation in your endurance capacity you may you may start to feel like you're over time potentially running a bit quicker or you feel like you've got more in the legs or you feel like you've just got more energy and that's because potentially, like I explained, if you enter some of these sessions, low carbohydrates, you might then start building more of an energy capacity through these through these like powerhouses of the cell, these these mitochondria. Um, so so it's that it's that concept of basically training low and competing high. So sometimes doing fasted sessions, but other times when you when you really want to perform rip it out you know run hard compete or just do your longer run and feel great then you can load up with the carbohydrates so i wouldn't say fasted all the time but i think you know a few a week could be something to consider um and i think that it's finding the balance some people slip into doing every morning session like that you know um whereas 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 others they they kind of feel well you know i'm not too sure running without breakfast or running without any food but i think you just you moderate the intensity you try things slowly and and it's uh it's it's a very useful tool i think um but just build into it gradually okay thank you cool i'll have a look at the chat i think there might be some messages on there or something um oh yeah yeah you guys have written that um cool so there's there's some matthew here do you have any experience uh, any advice for runners who experience bowel issues during sessions um so that consider the intensity that you're running so how hard are you running could you bring that down a little bit um consider what you're having in terms of food like i said if you're having anything that's got protein or fiber in it a few hours before are you giving it enough time to to empty the gut um, and then just some of the products and things that you might be taking during the run. Sometimes coffee can set people off. Sometimes, a, you know, a, a bad night's sleep, stress, life load. The, the gut is so complex that it might not always necessarily be down to food. But just con consider your kind of pre-run eating and drinking routine and then consider the pace that you're running as well and the terrain that you're going on. If, you, if you're pounding the hills or a gradient, you know slow things down i know it's important to people strava the the running club competitions as well but if if you can just figure out a zone that could work a little bit better for you 70 80 percent of the time and you can settle your gut you know that might that might be a way to go um it's quite a broad answer but i hope that was helpful um i'll just keep going with some of the questions on the chat tammy is that okay cool um Hi Matt, are dried fruits like apricots good nutrition during long run? My my friend swears by it and substitutes it for gels. So yeah, the dried fruit's got fructose in it. That's going to obviously be stored in the liver. You know, that's something to consider. And if someone's thinking about whole food based instead of some of these um, running products 
and it sits well with them, why not? And some people can, you know, they have iron guts. They can take all of these commercial products. They sit well with them. Other people can't. Um, in my experience, I've, 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 I've used uh, more natural kind of sports nutrition-based products. There's a company called 33 Fuel that are quite interesting. They have like whole food-based um, energy uh, sports drinks and things. They have chia seed energy gels. They have things that are made out of real food that sometimes sit a little bit better with people. Um, other people will use exactly that, dried fruit, things that are going to give them energy that they chew. Uh, moisture is your friend. If, if, if you guys have experienced over time running, training, and then you try to chew something that's dry, you know it's not going to go down. So how can you introduce moisture? Um, there, I'll put it in the, in the chat in a bit, or, or I can leave a link with Tammy, but the, there's a great book called Feed Zone Portables. It is fantastic for uh, basically just re real food, snacks, portables, alternatives that people can make um, and that people can see if they if they sit well. So anything from semi solids to solids, um, you know, rolling up wraps, sandwiches, ideas, all those kind of things. I hope, I hope, I hope that's helpful. It's probably the book I recommend to the most 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 people. Um, does eating meat before you run have a negative effect? Oh, it's a great question. Um, again, I think it's individual. And, and like I said, we know things that are protein rich take a little bit longer to empty from the stomach. So again, it's, it's training your gut. It's seeing how you feel. Um, and, and I think it's just personalizing it. So if you are someone that quite likes having, having meat, you know, in like a pre-run meal or something, maybe just consider portion size. Maybe just consider the, the amount of time before you're you're going off and 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 you're doing your training um i know there's a lot of popular stuff out there there's that netflix documentary and stuff like that but um yeah just be careful from getting nutrition advice from netflix um it's it's you know there's a lot of interesting info in there um and uh it's uh yeah it's something where take those kind of things with a pinch of salt i know there's ethical things um i know there's people's views i know there's people that are considering cost i know there's there's all those variables when it comes to um, meat intake plant-based all that all that kind of side of things but what we know about you know how how long it takes for protein rich foods like meat to empty the stomach it might just take a little bit longer so it's just something to consider um here we go here we go low gi porridge pasta or high gi rice potatoes carb for carb loading before a marathon again i think it, it comes down to to how you feel um, we, we know that anything higher GI will basically get into these tanks quicker. So again, that is the difference between training nutrition and race day nutrition. So if I give you an example, uh, the day before uh, someone that I worked with last year did an ultra endurance cycle, tw you know, 12 hours of cycling. He, he's an incredible individual, works full time as well. In, in his nutrition plan, we actually had uh, two or three of his snacks were taken alongside uh, sports drinks. So he drank almost a, a litre of sports drinks the day, the day before. OK, obviously not healthy, but I was trying to load his his uh, stores, his liver store with carbohydrates. And I knew that would absorb quickly. So we're trying to load carbohydrates in, use liquid forms and use some of the higher GI snacks to get them in before 
the event. Whereas obviously if it's just every day and you've got time and you're thinking about nutrition, you're thinking about nutrient density, you know, the porridges, things that you can put in porridges, uh, the pasta, things that you can put with pasta, you're going to be bringing more nutrition to your diet. It's probably a healthier eating pattern. Um, so if you've got less time and you want to perform, think high GI closer to the event. If you've got more time and it's every day, can you can you use um, more of the lower GI that, that potentially might be more healthy? Uh, here we go. Does creatine have any benefits for endurance? Creatine is an interesting one. So we have a we have a, a like a store of creatine in in, a, in our bodies. So creatine will power that kind of naught to ten seconds of exercise. So the fast stuff, things that you're doing explosively, you might be sprinting up a hill, you might be doing a, a bench press, you might be doing a burpee, something like that. So um, you you obviously have natural stores, you can get it through mostly animal products and you can take it obviously through supplements and things like that as well. So um, it's probably one of the most researched supplement. Um, it's, it's something to consider. You can take a low dose um, consistently over time you can you can load up on it too um, and and you know it may prove to give you another gear on some of that high intensity stuff especially if you're on varied terrains um, so yeah it is something to consider it's generally cost effective it's generally safe these are really great questions thanks thanks for posting them in if um if anyone does want to come off mute i know i know it's not always um it's not always the uh the most attractive thing when you've got 40 other people listening but um, if anyone does want to come off mute, you know, I'm, I'm really keen to, to answer some questions on there. Um, or, or if you, if you guys, um, want to come off Tammy, if there's anything else that, that you want to ask, please go for it. Or you can just pop something in the chat. That's absolutely fine. If you don't, if you don't want to say anything, um, that's, that's absolutely fine. I'll have a, I'll have another I'll have another look um at the questions that I got posted uh before just to make sure I'm rounding those off but yeah if you if you do want to reach out and, and say anything then just unmute yourself and and um I can answer it uh, so I've answered the question around meat intake plant based um I've answered a bit around caffeine um, oh, there was a question on protein shakes. So, yeah, the protein shake one, it, it's interesting. There's obviously so many products out there now. There's products that are made en masse uh, cheaply, you know, with very poor ingredients and, and sweeteners and things added to them. And there's products out there that are whole food based, like the, the 33 Fuel one I mentioned and, and others who, uh, you know, who maybe have a higher health profile. Again, obviously, it comes down to cost, taste profile. Um, they are convenient if you're looking to eat more protein um, and and you're eating three main meals a day, you're busy, you, you want an extra hit of 30 grams or something. It could be something to consider. They go in they go in smoothies. You can bake with them. You can obviously just neck it alongside a snack or something. Um, or you could just eat, you know, food that contain protein, too. So it's just something that might add add up to your daily protein intake it might be convenient you get more fluid obviously on board when you're when you're taking on a protein shake you know it isn't it isn't a must um there's different there's different types you know there's 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 different um amounts depending on brands and things like that too so yeah again it's something to consider but i'm happy to 
I'm happy in terms of some of the, the sports nutrition products. I'm happy to pop a Tammy a, a, a line with a kind of um, you know some some things that I've used in the past or some things that um, people that have worked with me have used before. Uh, here we go. Is recovery nutrition really that important for the average runner? That is a brilliant question. Who said that? Gail. E excellent. Um, look, that that is excellent because you, you're taking that 30,000 foot view on things and you're considering over a month work, eating, sleeping, socialising, obviously lack thereof, and training. If you are training and uh, you're doing it for fun, then brilliant. If you're obviously starting to do it a little bit more um, and you're not really keeping an eye on recovery, it may affect your sleep. It may affect your energy levels. Does that mean you influence your behaviour around what you're eating, how much you're eating, your mood, your productivity, uh, how you feel? Are you sore? So all of these things are really interesting. Of course, you don't have to live your life like an athlete. But if you don't quite consider recovery, other things might happen. They might sneak in. You know, that self-soothing side of things around, oh, I'm just going to treat myself to this or I'm just going to drink a bit more because I'm tired or I'm not sleeping as well. My cravings are going up. All of these things are really worth considering um, when you are training, because if you do look after yourself and if you do recover, then hopefully you can sleep well, you can feel good, um, you can perform at work, you can you can look after, um, you know, that side of things. So I think I think it's. It is something to consider because it might have knock-on effects to the rest of your, um, your your behaviors and then some of your actions in in everyday life. Okay. Have a little look. Um, I've answered the thoughts on endurance fuel and natural versus processed energy gels from Keith. Um, carbohydrate depletion and carb loading. I've talked a little bit about that. Does the physical uh, side, does the physical build make a difference in how carb loading? Yeah, I mentioned that, Martin, around the the gut. We're getting there. Um, uh, how much does alcohol affect performance? Kerry, brilliant question. So, um, again, it's it's individual. You know, how well do you metabolize alcohol? Are you someone that wakes up with a hangover? Are you someone that wakes up fresh? Um, we know alcohol affects sleep and, you know, sleep knock ons, knocks on, sorry, to our energy levels, our productivity, our ability to recover, our ability to perform well physically, cognitively. Um, an excellent book and, and an excellent person to follow is a chap called Matthew Walker. It's called we, uh, Why We Sleep. And some of his information on caffeine and alcohol and how it influences sleep is really, really interesting. Um, so again, it's it's an area that you know people love to drink to self-soothe, people love to drink to socialise, people love to run and drink beers, you know, wine, whatever. After races, I know I have, um, and and it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, we do know it can it can um, you know slow slow down recovery, muscular adaptation. It can affect sleep. Um, and then you might make, you know, you might choose to eat different things when you're hammered. So, you know, how, how well does that sit again for your gut and things like that? But again, from a social element point of view, from a winding down point of view, from a nice glass of wine or something with a tasty meal, 
you know, their, their benefits in that side too. Great. So look, uh, I think that's the majority of the questions and things. Um, if, if there's anything else, just let me know before we round off for a couple of minutes. I can easily share those slides um, with Tammy and um, some of the recommendations that I've said today. Um, if there's not anything else, if no one's going to jump off mute and things like that, then um, yeah, I just want to say, look, thanks so much for for jumping on board. I, ho I hope you found things useful. Um, I hope I tried to answer um, a lot of the questions that came beforehand and, and, and gave you a bit of an overview. And, and hopefully there's a few things that you can dig into afterwards and you can start to think about question move forward with. So um, Tammy, is there, is there anything else that that you'd like to ask or before we round things off? No, just thank you very much. That was a brilliant presentation. Thank you so much. Cool. Was it was it um yeah helpful around some of the the fueling side of things, bit of the lifestyle side of things? Yeah, more than. I'm glad you're gonna send it to me because I feel like I need to read it to really digest it all. But cool. it's not so good. Cool, cool. Yeah, there's a few you know, a few of the slides, especially at the start with um some of the pictures and the stuff around energy tanks and um yeah, the visual stuff around how you break down the carbohydrates it, 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 and, and some of the, um, you know, information around protein and stuff like that, too. It can be really helpful. So, of course, I'll, I'll pop over the slides for everyone. Thank you. Excellent. OK. Um, so. So, yeah, it was it was it was obviously it was it was brilliant to, to speak to you all. And um, yeah, all of my information will be on those slides as well. And uh, yeah, keep in touch. That, that would be really cool listen to the podcast um and i'll send over i'll send over all the all the resources that, that i can that i've basically come out with today um and yeah i hope i hope everyone's well in this strange and difficult time it'll be cool it'll be cool on another day to maybe come up and go for a bit of a run and do this in person one day i've got a lot of family in scotland so maybe we can organize that <laughs> well, you're most welcome to come anytime to GSK. i don't know if i could i don't know if i could keep up um i'll try I'll, I'll try and add myself on your facebook page maybe you can accept me i didn't i didn't want to do it beforehand just in case you didn't you know you thought it was just some random bloke but no that's really cool oh you'd be super welcome excellent cool cool i don't think there's any more questions in here uh so, someone's put how do i get skinny that is brilliant <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the holy grail. Um, anyway, maybe that's some, a talk for another time. Um, but yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks so much today, guys. I, I really enjoyed it and I hope you all found it useful. Thanks, thanks so much. Great. Thanks so much, Matt. Cool. Speak to you soon, everyone. Bye. Bye. Right, lovely people. Look, if you're still with me, oh, good effort. I hope you found that useful. A little bit of an insight into a short, sharp presentation and a bit of a Q and A. I really love enjoying. I really enjoy doing those, and you know, through Zoom, connecting with people, it's all good stuff. It would have been great to obviously have a few people come off and and answer some questions in person. Ask some questions in person. Sorry, my head's going. Um, but yeah, hopefully the sound and everything worked out okay, and I tried to read out some of the questions. Um. Look, as always, the show is supported by 33 Fuel, who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. Use MAT10 at checkout for 10% off your first order. Oh, and also, Attack the Day, they're supporting the show in Season 4. 
this year and Attack the Day was founded three years ago by two best mates Sam and Rory who met through rowing. Uh, they seek to inspire others through a, a shared passion for mountaineering, outdoor adventure and all things fitness. So ATD combined fitness adventure and the outdoors in order to bring together a community of like-minded athletes and weekend warriors. Check out their fitness adventure and lifestyle clothing and you can get 20% off lovely people by using Mat 20 off your first order. Brilliant. I've got one of their beanies and a uh, long, long sleeve uh, zip up like thermal type fleece thing. It's, it's excellent. Um, a new one this season to the show, Jim Jam. Jim Jam have been created to empower people to achieve more, create sustainable change and make a positive difference in the lives of others. It's a digital platform with genuine human interaction where you get a designated coach who help you achieve goals through regular um, in-app messaging and video calls. So each coach is trained in an evidence-based approach called motivational interviewing to truly put the customer's health and well-being at the heart of everything they do. Excellent. So please, please share the pod if you think it's helpful and useful. Please share this episode. Ultimately, it's the only way the show will grow. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and leave me a comment or review. Speak to you soon, lovely people.